Welcome to the 326th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney, and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Thank you, and welcome. Well, the Odyssey Swim Run event in Austin, Texas is in the books. For those of you that are new to the podcast, a swim run event is, it should be actually a run swim event because you run and then you swim and then you run and you swim. And we did the long course. Um, The event was held in Pace Bend Park, uh, just a little bit west of Austin in the Hill Country. And uh, it was, uh, again, a little bit of running, a little bit of swimming. I think there were six legs of running and or six legs of swimming, seven legs of running, I believe is how it went. But uh, we did the same event last year, and last year our time, Michael and I did it as a as a team event where you have the option to be tethered. This year they delayed the start forty five minutes because of fog, so you we uh, elected not to tether swimming. You have to stay together. You have to run together. You have to finish together. Um, if there's any, you know, you can tether if you want to. But last year we had quite a bit of problems with the tether. Um, we got tangled up. I got twisted up in it. We caught it caught on a, on a, on a rock. We got it caught on a stick. Um, so we elected to swim together this year and uh, see how it went. And that was a big improvement. So our time last year was five hours and 16 minutes. We were 31st place out of 34 teams. And this year, we had a time of 4.46 and 13 seconds. We were 33rd out of 42 um, teams. Now, you may say that stinks uh, because we didn't win, but we considered a win because we were significantly faster. And the things that we focused on, uh, one, besides not being tethered, was um, to, um, we swam a little bit more. Uh, Last year, because of COVID, we couldn't get into the uh, swimming pool to do any swimming. We have done no open water swimming since last year. But uh, I've been doing, and Michael's been doing too, we've been doing independent pool swimming. So we had a little bit more swim fitness. The other thing that we decided, or um, aha moment last year, was that... It's a lot easier to run if your wetsuit is unzipped. We didn't unzip the wetsuit into the very end. So this event, just to, I guess, add a little bit more detail to it, you swim with your shoes on, you run with your wetsuit on, and it's a special wetsuit that is a shorty wetsuit. So it's shorts and uh, short sleeves and short, you know, as far as shorts go. So it's just to give you buoyancy and um, a little bit of uh, protection from the cold water, but not to be a long uh, traditional triathlon or open water swimming wetsuit. So it's a little lighter, uh, but nevertheless, it's it's fairly thick and it zips up the front. Most traditional triathlon wetsuits um, zip up the back. So you can get to the zipper in this one uh, much easier. However... Um, you have to wear a bib at all times, a, a race vest over your um, wetsuit. So you have to reach up and unzip, but well worth it. Uh, you can breathe a lot better when you can get some expansion of your chest and your shoulders, and it gives your shoulders a little bit of a break from being um, you know, trapped inside the wetsuit. 
So that indeed helped our time. The other thing that helped our time was uh, having done some more trail races and being used to being on trails and rocks and things like that. So we were a little bit more confident in that. So besides wearing a wetsuit and your running shoes, you also swim with paddles and use a pool boy. So if you're not a swimmer, a pool boy is a uh, flotation device you put between your legs, keeps you in the air, and use your arms. Because if you're swimming with your shoes on, obviously, it's going to cause your um, legs to sink. So you need something to give you a little bit of buoyancy. So the swim is predominantly what is all arms. So the running is your legs, and the swimming is your arms, and you have this pool boy and the wetsuit uh, that offers you more uh, buoyancy. So we'd practice with the paddles, and it, you know, if anybody's, you know, done swimming, the paddles are a bit of a shoulder workout, uh, but you also get some more glide with it. So um, again, uh, we swam with the paddles, unzipped the wetsuit, so we were, uh, you know, ahead of the game just on those few items this year. And it did pay off. If we looked at our swim from last year, um, you know, we were um, about 30 seconds faster per 100 yards uh, going on what a Garmin would say. And our runs were were much improved too, you know, um, uh, 30 seconds to a minute. Where we didn't uh, make much progress, um, and I don't know that there's much progress to be made, honestly, when you come out of, so this Pace Bend Park is, uh, again, in Texas, and the river, it's, an, it's a bit of an island, and it's surrounded by the Colorado River. So you're in and out, uh, you go through the trails, come back, swim cove to cove, so to speak, get out and run a little bit around this, this park area. And it's fairly steep uh, there's even a cliff jump that you can do that's about 40 foot drop. So you have to run down to the water. Uh, then you climb back up across the rocks. And about four out of the, f- uh, uh, at least four to five of the exits were up um, pretty steep rock climbs to the point where you're using your hands and legs to climb up the face of these rocks. They're like big limestone limestone stair steps, basically, but they're not stair steps. They're uh, natural rock formations that are wet and slippery, and you're wet and slippery when you come out. The other um, thing that occurs when you don't do swim run training, as we did not, is that when you've been swimming for 1,000, 1,200 um, yards at a time, you start to become a little bit dizzy when you first stand up coming out of the water. So you, you don't really have your footing, your balance. You're on slippery, wet rocks underneath of you, and then you're climbing out and climbing up over um, uh, you know, a climb that could be any place from um, 10 to 30 feet up to try to get up and then where you can get back to the trail and run. So... That did slow us down a little bit. Um, like I said, don't know much um, uh, much more training that we can do on that. It's a matter of being mobile, and that's sort of the other thing that the wetsuit um, does decrease your mobility as far as your climbing um, because you're impeded because of the you know the the wetsuit around your legs and your thighs. So um, it's a little comical at times coming out of the water, but everybody has that same issue. And that's just how it was. As far as age of this events, you know, we still were in the uh, top 5% of the oldest people there. 
there was um, one other woman um, that was 60 years old um, in, in the race. There were several men that were in their late 50s or 60s. Their oldest man was 71 who did the short course. We did the long course, which was um, about 15 and a half miles running total and three and a half miles of swimming. The water temperature was about um, in the high 60s, low 70s for the most part. It was kind of funny, depending on what side of the island you were on, the water was a little bit different in temperature. But it seemed a little bit warmer this year, which I was pleasantly surprised. We started out with an air temperature about 46, 48 degrees. Um, So that was a little nippy for Floridians. But nevertheless... Once we got running, um, you, you warmed up pretty good. So I think it was like a 1.1 mile swim, or I'm sorry, 1.1 mile run before you hit the water. So you're kind of warmed up from the air temperature, and then the water was warmer than the air, so you felt uh, felt good. The Colorado River is beautiful in that area. Um, not a lot of visibility. In some sections, there were more visibility than others, but. Um, you know, there was no boat smell or diesel smell in past in triathlons. You know, the the water actually smells of of diesel fuel or, or taste of diesel fuel, so to speak. But, um, you know, everything felt really, really clean. It was a beautiful day once the fog lifted, you know, blue skies. And when you go to breathe to the right side, you could see the 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 limestone, big stones up, you know, up to where um, the, the cliffs were and, um, the, you know, the trees and of course the, the greenery. And it was just, there's, it's out there in the middle of nowhere. There's no houses. There's, you know, there's, it's just being in nature. So it, it was just really peaceful. I, I have to say that I really enjoyed the swim this year. I, I got into a rhythm pretty early, um, because we hadn't done any open water swimming. I hadn't been sighting for a while. Um, typically, you know, you, you got to swim. When you're swimming in a pool, you just follow the black line, you know, down to one end, you make a turn, you come back. But when you're in the open water swimming, you know, you have a little bit of current. And there wasn't much in the way of current, but just uh, you can get off course a little bit. So you have to kind of raise up to to see where you were sighting-wise. And, you know, I was I was doing a little zigzagging at first and, and got myself off a, offline a little bit, you know, so we'd have to get back together and then go from there. Um, again, the visibility wasn't real good, so I could see, you know, Michael's heels and we could try to stick together at first. Um, but uh, gradually we, we got, um, got that down, or I guess I got that down better. Um, as far as trying to keep uh, the shoreline close to the right and uh, keep within the group. It was actually nice to be in a group this year as opposed to kind of being out there on our own and eventually catching some people. So uh, we kind of felt more in the thick of things uh, than we were last year, and I think we were a little bit more competitive. And so that that felt good, made it a little bit more fun and challenging and motivated. We didn't want to get caught. We were trying to catch people. There were... Three aid stations, I believe, on the course, and they had water, electrolyte drink, bananas, grapes, and uh, some gels. We carried our own gels. The the wetsuits have pockets in the leg of them, so we carried our own gel. One of the aid stations was out of water and um, electrolyte solution when we got there, and it was unfortunate because I had come out of the water, and we were actually running on a sand slash gravel type um, trail uh, leading up to a road and I was trying to unzip my wetsuit and 
eat a gel at the same time and wasn't paying attention to my footing. And the next thing you know, I was flying through the air and landed on my head. Um, luckily, my swim cap caught me. And um, no, no, you know, I, I did whack my head pretty good, but I didn't knock myself out. But, uh, you know, didn't really leave a mark other than sand on half my face that I had to wear for uh, until it really fell off. Uh, because there was no water at the the next aid station, um, but I, I was I wasn't hurt. Just a, again a stupid um, error doing you know multitasking on almost completely flat turf. It was like uh, Harvey said last week on the podcast. You know when it's really technical, you're watching where you're going. When it's not, you kind of quit paying attention and things happen. So there was one three mile section there after no water that we got a little hot because it was starting to heat up and it wasn't in near as much. Um, tree cover as some of the other trail uh, areas and so that that got a little bit probably slowed us down a little bit because of that most of the trail was what we call single track so enough for your two feet and nothing much else um, and then there were some rock beds kind of like an old creek bed that were pretty big boulders it's kind of funny I imagined it much worse last year. It seemed much worse than this year. Um, it seemed like the whole thing was rocky last year, where this year there was a fair amount that was um, uh, maybe roots and, and dirt. The back half was a little bit more on the rocky and more uh, technical. That slowed us down. We walked up some of the hills. It weren't very big hills, but we walked up a couple of those. We had to walk in sections where it was uh, very rocky and uneven footing and with uh, tree roots and things. Um, so that, that slowed us down a little bit. Could we, you know, become more efficient trail runners? Hopefully we will. Uh, we might get a few minutes there, but all in all, you know, we, we did pretty good. Um, I think we could probably shave 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes off, uh, next year. We'll have to see. It's, you know, it's starting to get a little tighter now because we didn't do as many stupid things this year as we did last year. But, um, you know, overall, I think we did great. We had a really good time. Again, the weather was was good. People are nice. Hospitality at the end of the race, they had um, pulled pork sandwiches. But they also had a quinoa dish that uh, was quinoa and sweet potato and peppers and onions. So it was actually a pretty good dish. And they had drinks um, beforehand. Uh, before it started, there was actually an area we could sit in that was warmer and um rather than being out in the cold and they had coffee and bagels if you wanted it and peanut butter and uh had some burritos if people wanted it before the race i always eat a bar uh, i had a cake bar and a banana uh, that's what i eat before every race um i don't uh, bother with a lot of big stuff i try to eat two hours before i race and then then shut it down i think i had uh three gels on the course uh i like huma gels they have some chia seeds in them and i do a cliff you know, from the Cliff Bar people, they make a gel, and I did a goo. So those were my those are my gel. I think I had one uh, little sip of the electrolyte drink, kind of by mistake. I try not to drink anything that I'm not used to for fear I might get some cramps. It actually tasted pretty good. I can't remember the name uh, that the company uses, but it wasn't, wasn't bad at all. No, it didn't have any sugar or anything, and it was just electrolytes. I would say that the level of exertion for one of these races, or this particular one, was it's almost that of a half Ironman, um, certainly more than a half marathon. The running is easier, even though it was 15 and a half miles, because it's on trails, it's softer, and it's intermittent. Same way with the swimming. Um, because it's intermittent, um, you, you kind of get a rest, so you rest your arms and you rest your legs. 
I really think the cold water is good on your legs, you know, after running. So I really did enjoy getting in the water after doing some runs, especially when it started to get um, a little um, a little hotter. There didn't seem to be much in the way of uh, water support this year. I mean, you swim along, uh, you can swim as close to the shoreline as you want. I mean, it starts to get, um, you know, rocky, but the water gets deep pretty quick. Um, once you leave the shoreline, but there wasn't much in the way of support if anybody had any issues. If you did the race solo, you had to carry a, uh, an additional flotation device uh, in case you got into trouble. And the idea of swimming with a tether is that your partner, you know, this is a very much a partner race that if something was going to happen, your partner would be there. So um, the safety is really in being a team or, or having that additional flotation device. You know, I would suggest anybody, uh, I, 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 I love the team concept of being able to race uh, together and, you know, um, swim together and run together. It, it was, you know, really, really fun. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it much more than I think I would have if it would have just been a solo uh, uh, effort. So I got to say, I'd highly recommend anybody that has done triathlon or likes to swim, uh, wants to do a little bit of running uh, to, to check out the Odyssey Swim Run. I'll, I'll leave a link to um, the run sign up event so you can see they have events in Austin, in Michigan, in, um, I believe, um, Maine. Uh, there's one in Orca Island in Washington State. So they have a lot of different areas. It was originally started in uh, Sweden. Um, and to be able to qualify for the championship, you, you need to win, a, win a, one of these events. Um, obviously, we won't be going there. So last year when we did the swim run for the first time, I have to say it was the first time I ever looked at the ages of the people that were registered and realized that I was in the top tier of those registered for the event. Clearly, most of the people were in their 30s, um, early 40s. The majority of them, 85%, like I said, um, maybe 90%. And, you know, it, it was nice hanging out with people that uh, are younger and positive and motivated. Um, but I don't think it has to be because I don't, I think anybody uh, in their 50s, 60s, and early 70s that is, there should be any problem to do this event. I just think it's more of people just don't know that it's out there. I had a conversation with one of the members in the practice and I, you know, we were talking about, uh, she was somewhat depressed, um, with some of her physical ailments and her lack of progress. And, you know, it, it seemed like in her six early sixties that, you know, it was just one thing going wrong after another. And she really couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and I told her about this event and I said, you know, it's, it's kind of all in how you look at things. Um, a lot of times, uh, people have the notion that they're going to retire and that means they can sleep in and go out to eat a lot and play golf and, you know, sit around on the beach and just take it easy. And, I, I think I can't, you know, I can't think of anything worse. I mean, not that golf is bad, but the sit around and not doing anything and just going out to dinner every night. As most of you know, there's really not very many places that you can, can go out to dinner and not get a salt or oil or both load or calorie load. Um, and, you know, you start to see people pack on the pounds in their um, 
early 50s, 60s, and it it just kind of continues, and the complaints about arthritis and joint problems and back problems all start to to rear their ugly heads and the metabolic diseases to start. And, you know, I always think that um, people should see how other people live. Um, I think, you know, when Seth Godin says people like us do things like this, I think people get a, um, a storyline in their head that people like us can't do things like this. People in their 50s and 60s and 70s can't do things like this. It's over. It's past. And, and I don't think that's, that's the case at all. Um, and, you know, we're proving it with, you know, some of the members in the practice. You know, they're signing up for marathons. They're, they're you know, doing triathlons. They're very, very active. And it's because they identify with people like them do things like that. They tr- do triathlon. They like the outdoors. They swim. They bike. They run. They hike. Um, and they don't identify with the people like us are retired and we can't. And, you know, a lot of physicians will tell people, oh, you've got bad knees. You can't do this. Or, oh, you're bad, your back's bad. If you do this, it'll get worse. And don't lift anything. You've had a heart attack. And, um you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, you know, I heard, and I'm, you know, I guess I'm talking as I'm thinking a little bit, but I, one of our members was told that he, after his heart uh, attack, that he, he shouldn't lift anything over 25 pounds. And so he's afraid to do it. You know, he's afraid that his stent would rupture or something bad would happen. So he wasn't doing any lifting or strength training and really was limiting his activity until I met him. On the other hand, you know, people are told every day of their lives you need to exercise and eat healthy, and uh, nobody heeds that. Um, so it's a, a little bit of a, you know, if somebody tells you to stop, it's okay to stop. But, um, you know, up in your game, well, maybe maybe that's not quite quite so easy, or changing in that respect is, is not quite so easy. And I think it comes back to, you know, uh, we'd all like to make our lives easier, and I, and I really do think that easier does not result in better. I think easier results in earlier deterioration. So, again, I would encourage you to challenge yourself with, um, you know, some event that seems out, outside the box and start by saying people like us do things like this. People who eat plants do things like this. People that eat plants don't eat donuts. People that eat plants don't go eat oily French fries at Wendy's. People like us... Um, you know, don't eat meat. People like us are active. People like us go walk. People like us go ride, run. People like like us have no limitation. People like like us strength train so that we can preserve our muscle mass and keep our mobility. People like us like to get up off the ground. People like us don't mind to get on the ground so we can get off the ground. People like us like a challenge. And so I'd encourage you to start putting some of those uh, positive uh, affirmations into your day, um, you know, to do a a challenge. Uh, We certainly weren't the best people out there, but we had about as much fun as anybody out there. And um, we enjoyed the event, and we took our, our time and tried to better it, and we did. And we learn from it, and we're, you know, we're going to try to better it again or every time we go out. Uh, next up is the California International Marathon for us. And, you know, obviously we'll be uh, looking to uh, do the best that we can there, and then we'll follow that up with a 25K trail run in January and a 50-mile run, which will be our first 50-mile run in February. Then we're headed um, to Treasure Coast in Stewart, Florida for – 
our group marathon, and I say group, plant-based striders. Um, that's a Facebook group that you can join, but we have several people signed up to do a half marathon or a full marathon on that day. Um, that, you know, go over to Treasure Island um, or Treasure Coast Marathon. It's in Stored, Florida. You can go over there and look at what events they have, but they have a relay and half marathon. So if you'd like to join us, and it's a great time to start training because you have um, you got a good four months to get going. So if you're a walker right now and you've done a 10K, you can up your game to a half marathon. So think about it. Go over and check it out. Stuart, Florida is beautiful that time of year. The course is beautiful. Who knows? Might see you there. So I finally got... Um, I'm going to rant a little bit before I close the podcast out. And um, it, you might say everything was going good until I started this rant and then I lost you. And I'm sorry if if that occurs. But after 23 years practicing cardiology in, in the town of Port Charlotte, um, I got an email along with other colleagues that said if we don't get a vaccination that we will lose our privileges at a HCA facility called Fawcett Memorial Hospital. Um, we could apply for a religious exemption, but there would be no exemption for those people with natural immunity. Um, as most of you know, or some of you know, uh, if you do listen to the podcast, I did have COVID in December. Uh, I treated myself with uh, a vitamin regimen and uh, did good, had no sequelae, was back running in 10 days and have not had any problems whatsoever. Again, have run faster than I ran before COVID and, and feel good. But um, I, I find it very, you know, in this particular hospital, I've been on the board of directors. I've been the director of the Echo Lab. I've been the director of cardiac rehab. But it doesn't matter because Medicaid and Medicare facilities are those under that jurisdiction that um, I'm sure there's a check going to facilities that say vaccines are mandated. So it doesn't matter about anything other than money. Um, it's not about health or protection because clearly anybody that's had a vaccine vaccine can still transmit the disease. And I would argue that a physician who has had the vaccine would be more likely to continue working with a mild case of COVID and be more likely to transmit it in the hospital than someone that wasn't vaccinated. I'm not saying that people, uh, that vaccine, you can, uh, you know, I, I believe it's free choice. If you want to get vaccinated, that's perfectly fine. But this is not an FDA. This is well, this is not a long-term study. It's uh, temporary approval. Um, there is no recourse against the pharmaceutical industries if there is a uh, problem with a vaccine. Um, and I am just very, very disappointed in this hospital um, that is, um, you know, threatening to get rid of anybody that's a healthcare provider that is not vaccinated. You can apply for a religious exemption. Um, but again, they do not count having had, uh, COVID as, uh, as a reason, or, uh, you, you know, you get no credit for having survived COVID, so to speak. I think it's a shame. You know, I, along with other healthcare providers have taken care of patients with AIDS, pneumonia, um, you know, all kinds of infectious disease, C. diff, MRSA, hepatitis, um, you know, high-risk patients, people that were uh, non-compliant, people that were angry, people that uh, were from prisons, uh, with um, people that had money, people that didn't have money, uh, not asking anything and uh, never worrying about myself. Uh, to this day, I'm willing to take care of anybody that um, 
there's there's no reason why I wouldn't take care of anybody because of any illness that they they might have. So, um, you know, I find that a little bit disheartening that medicine has turned more towards, well, it's, it's just, again, it, it has been, um, but they're, you know, it, we're not thinking anymore as far as, as far as I'm concerned. So I don't know what's going to happen at this particular hospital. I don't know how many people will walk out. I don't know how many people will protest. Um, but I, I certainly am, um, voicing my opinion that everybody should have the chance to decide what procedure is done to their body, uh, no matter what it is. This has nothing to do with, um, decreasing or stamping out COVID. We're not going to do that. Everybody recognizes that it has nothing to do with the spread of COVID because you can spread it with a vaccine. This is all about getting people vaccinated for the sole reason to get people vaccinated. Um, so we'll see, you know, we'll see. All I know is that I had a patient at the hospital today and this week, and, um, it's a new patient that, um, joined our practice because of deteriorating health, uh, and could not get help otherwise and has a new diagnosis of cancer. And I went to see her and I had to get up to the third floor of the parking garage and, you know, as I was driving up there, it's like all these cars in this big hospital and, and all these people around, and yet nobody is really getting better. We're just patching people up. So many people in the healthcare industry today, so satisfied with not reversing disease, but satisfied with patching people up with medications, not taking into account quality of life, quantity of life, not taking into account how people feel, uh, isolating people in rooms because of COVID. And it, it was a real shame, the number of people that are working in this healthcare field and we're not making any progress. More and more buildings are being built in every town to take care of people, but we're really not taking care of people. We're just patching them up and, and, and we're just, um, uh, they're just collecting prescriptions for the most part. When I got out of my car to start walking down the steps uh, to the hospital, the first thing I smelled was hamburger because it was hamburger day at the hospital. And the um, kitchen exhausts were blowing up into the air through the parking garage, and I could smell uh, grilled hamburger. And I'm thinking, my patient has colon cancer. The number one diagnosis in this hospital is coronary cardiovascular disease. The number two diagnosis is cancer, and it's hamburger day. So it's hamburger day. And, uh, you know, so I went in to see my patient and, you know, it took me three years to get a plant-based menu on, uh, you know, on the menu. And when I talked to one of the nurses, she, um, made some comment about, you know, and I said, she's, she's on a carb restricted diet. And I was like, what do you mean she's on a carb restricted diet? She's on a plant-based diet. Oh, I don't know. And she had no idea what the difference was nutritionally between a carb-restricted diet and a plant-based diet. She had no reason why anybody would order a plant-based diet. She didn't know it existed. And, you know, therein, li therein lies the problem. The first thing that they gave this lady when she presented to the hospital was a regular diet with meat and gravy. And that's the last thing that she, that she needed. Um, so, you know, we're really missing the boat in general allopathic medicine. And, you know, I, I you know, something, something has to change. And, and we're trying to change it on our end uh, because we're trying to treat our members like a person. They're not bed 307. 
They're not the cancer in room 2727. They're people that have, uh, you know, that their bodies aren't working correctly, but it all relates back to primarily what they eat and how they move and what they've been exposed to. And by continuing to do the same thing, by continuing to feed them like they got sick on, it's going to continue to promote that disease process. We can't turn it around with, with medicines to patch up and to try to fool some of our system. We can't cut out and irradiate things when we keep poisoning things. Um, so maybe it'll be good that I, you know, I don't know if I'll get my exemption or not. Maybe it'll be good that I'm finally out of the hospital that I, so I can, you know, scream it to the rooftops that this is not the place you want to be. Um, luckily, I probably only go to the hospital five or six times a year um, uh, in special occasions, in special situations, mainly for um, my older people or somebody has a fall or, or something or a new patient um, that, that wants me to see them because of some illness that they're not getting care for. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how it'll, it'll turn out. Um, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. I think as a physician you know, group, we've been isolated as well. Um, you know, people are struggling. The nurses are struggling. They're overworked in the hospitals. I don't know what they'll do um, if, you know, more and more load is placed on people that, you know, ultimately may be in, in, worse, in worse health. Uh, when I walked through the hospital, the obesity uh, rate was, you know, if I had to, it, well over 75% uh, of people are overweight, like the standard American population, but um, there's a significant uh, portion of people that are way overweight. I was stopped in the hallway by a therapist that I hadn't seen for some time because I hadn't been to the hospital for a long time. And she wanted to tell me about the success of a friend who had the diagnosis of colon cancer that had recurred, but his wife uh, read something on plant-based nutrition and they had, they had begun eating plant-based and that his numbers were improving and she was just so amazed that his numbers were getting better on a plant-based diet. And she wished she could do it, but she really just didn't think she could because it was too hard. And, um, you know, she was overweight. I'm sure she has health problems of her own. And people assume they can't do it. Again, it comes back to people like us do things like this. People like that assume they can't be people like us. Sometimes people come into my office and they say, I can't do it. Why are those people, why can those people eat that way and don't seem to care? Or they're okay with taking pills and they're okay with doing that. I think that's where you have to stop and say, we're not that person. I don't want to be that person. People like us don't have to worry about the medications. People like us can do things. Um, and if people like us have to eat plants, then great. I welcome, I welcome those plants that make me feel so good. I welcome the fruits and vegetables that, that make me feel so good. Um, it's not about eating poorly. It's not about being in nutrition jail. It's not about somebody said today to me that they were told um, by a Facebook group on plant-based nutrition that you try to eat things that don't taste that good. That way you won't eat that much of them. And, and it's like, no, I enjoy every meal. I look forward to every meal. Um, I love to cook. I love to uh, cook for people. I love to see the color in the dish. 
Tonight we had a simple um, zucchini that I spiralized and I um, sauteed it with water and then added some salsa to that. We had a baked potato and pinto beans and an arugula salad with cucumbers and tomatoes and onion and uh, a California balsamic. Um, so it was great. It was a great meal. Um, I love my desserts of fruit. Um, again, it's fall. Every season has new fruit. Uh, persimmons are in season. If you haven't tried them, please do. They're great orange fruits, a lot of beta carotene, much benefit for GI cancers. So try new fruits. Apples are in season. There's different varieties. Every year, uh, people that farm apples do new different varieties to try. So try a new variety of apple. Don't get stuck in the same, you know, same old um, uh, realm. Um, a secret on apples, you know, apples never really excited me so much because up in West Virginia, sometimes we, you know, we didn't get the best on occasion. So, um, and if an apple was sitting there, be the last thing I choose over a piece of cake or, you know, cookies or something like that. But when I gave up those other things and it started to slice that apple up, so slice it up in nice thin pieces, oh, you can taste the fruit so much better. So slice your fruit up and, and, and prepare your fruit so, you know, in a fruit bowl, so it's ready to eat. This morning I had pineapple, blackberries, grapes, uh, and papaya with uh, some um, almond milk yogurt and chia seeds. That was a great breakfast. Um, at lunch I had leftovers, uh, eggplant and uh, baby bok choy stir fry with mushrooms and rice with a, with a uh, sauce that I made out of ginger, uh, garlic, a little bit of uh, low-sodium tamari and a jalapeno. So, I mean, food is great. Uh, and there's, it's diverse. It's colorful. So uh, there's a lot to enjoy. You're not giving up anything by becoming plant-based. You're opening your world to a whole new variety of spices. I went outside before I was cooking dinner tonight and grabbed some fresh basil to put, um, you know, on, in our zucchini as well. Um I made sourdough bread this week, and I used some of my fresh er, uh, rosemary outside to put put in the, the in the bread. So, you know, this it's not about giving up anything. It's about giving up disease, giving up sickness, giving up inflammation. Um, but it's all about getting to be people like us who do things like this. So, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're not too miffed at my rant um, against the world, but it is how I feel. I believe we all have the choice to be well informed about our health and make our own healthcare decisions. I believe that we all need to be informed about what is healthy and what's not, and what is actually going to cure us or make us better, and what is just a band aid. And then we get to decide if we want a band aid or we want to actually be healthy. So, thank you for listening. Um, share this podcast with other people. If you enjoyed what you heard, go over to iTunes. Give me a five-star rating. That helps to get it out. Join me on Plant-Based Striders um, if you want to run. Uh, you want to hear about running uh, or exercising of any kind. Show me your photos of where you run. Go over to jamie at drdelaney.com. Send me a question. You can do, go to drdelaney.com and find out how you can be a member of our practice. Um, we can, you can, we can be a member anywhere that you are. Uh, we'd love to speak with you and help you on your, your journey to health and wellness. And who knows, I might see you at a swim run event. So thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next week.
P.S. I'd like to thank Michael Hubbard for being my partner on the Swim Run event, Austin, Texas. See you there next year.